You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like this? I do. It's it's a good sipper. It's a real good sipper. Really good sipper. What's nice about it is that it's handmade, and it's malted and unmalted barley. That's it. It's very smooth. And it's finished in a French white dessert wines, mm. which is a sauternes barrel. Which is maybe that like level of smoothness I'm feeling right at the end. It's almost yeah. like a yeah. It's almost like dessert. Yeah. It's incredible, and it's 114 proof. Yeah, I mean that's dangerous. Literally hair to dog. <laughs> Yes. Hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. It's good for you. Good for you. Record, record. Phones on silence. Yeah, I think we're yeah, good. Let's, let's silence this shit. So what's the call for coaching? You like OC? What's going on? Oh, no, 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 no. I am uh, doing color commentary for uh, oh, so you're just calling the game? Sinclair Broadcasting Group. Yeah, we do uh, Thursday Night Lights. We're going to do a special Saturday version Frontier at Lockport too. I pulled some strings for that. I'm like, I'm not doing any games unless we pull a Frontier game in here. Strings have been pulled. <laughs> strings have been pulled. That's so. freezing. That's good. good though. The I'm curious to see um because you've been you've been calling games for a little bit now. This is my first year back after a couple years off. Yeah. But I'm I'm curious to see how that evolves because there's gotta be some level of Oh, where the kid I'm with is 22. Yeah, he's the play-by-play guy. Okay, goes to Cuse, is in the broadcasting program there. He gonna be he's, he's good, so good. One of the most talented kids I've ever. How does it, dude? How do you know? Like number 14 on the tackle, and then well, you just have a see, roster. That, so like this week, so usually it happens Monday, but we couldn't yesterday. Meet with the coaches. They're gonna tell us. You know, we'll, we'll meet for a half hour, ask him a bunch of questions, you know, like who's going to be around the ball defensively? Who's your key players offensively? Gives us those names, then gives us some good background information. Just like and me, I'm just, you know, talking during the game. I'm in between every play, just kind of like throwing some context to the play. And, hey, that player coach was talking about him this week, said, you know, he's a great, great in the classroom, but even better, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just mm-hmm. storytelling kind of. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a. I we want it to sound good and professional, um, but we me and that this Trey kid walked in week one, like we'd, we'd been working together for like three years. It just it was such a good vibe. Um, he's per, I mean he is really on his p's and q's. Just just very precise. 
he goes to Cuse. I mean, I was I was like, so like, you know, what do you got on tap, man? I'm like, you're good. And he's like, they fucking hate me at Cuse. Like nobody wants to like that. You know, they ACC network. I do some stuff with, but I'm like, yeah, don't worry. Get get keep doing this. Like the guys that were doing this for Buffalo uh, last year, one of them works is the play by play guy for Penn State football now, and the other one's like the color commentator for the Milwaukee Brewers. So it's it's Sinclair Broadcast Group. I mean, they're they're big broadcasting company. Yeah, so. that's yeah. awesome. Good for you, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. So round two. Yeah, you want to just? I mean, Nate we can Gary. keep whatever we want in of that. But yeah, like, you want to just formally start this thing? It's officially it's officially started. It's officially round two. We'll officially officially yeah. announce it. So uh, Nate, introduce yourself for those that missed round one. Which if you missed round one, go back because it's amazing. We recorded it at Addie's. Shout yeah, go Addie's. back. Go back. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I am uh, Nate Geary. Um, I do things with football as broadly as I can state it. Um, you know, It's a great description. It, it is a great description because, uh, you know, I, I'm multifaceted in this. You know, I like to talk shit about football, particularly the Dolphins, which could those roosters couldn't come back to, to roost on me this week. Yeah. So hopefully the Bills win because I don't – I'm not sure I'm really – Prepared for Dolphins prepared. fans yeah. to. They're not that good though. to make me eat crow. No, they're decent. I mean, they had one good quarter, yeah. really good quarter, Here, and dude. then like six, seven other pretty mediocre quarters of football. Right. But it's football. It's yeah. just it's randomness, and yeah, I that Dolphins Ravens game to me was way more about the Ravens than it was the Dolphins. For sure, but Dolphins fans would argue otherwise. So I'm prepared for whatever the outcome is. It's <laughs> annoying when they quantify it and they talk about mm. the stats that of what Tua accomplished during that game. Sure. And then they're throwing Marino's name in I there. I do want to point out Mitch Trubisky had six touchdowns in a game at a game once. And he yeah. is very obviously a franchise quarterback. So, <laughs> so Steelers, Steelers fans will tell you that. Well, but, all I keep hearing right now is that Tyreek and Jalen Waddell are the highest receiving uh, options in the league. I'm like, actually, that's not true because Steph Diggs passed. Jalen Waddle, but anyway, they're like the, the best two in the world now, and I'm like, just shut up because it's annoying. Uh, I mean, Waddle was good last year as a rookie; he set yeah. rookie records for receiving yards in a season, but had like a five yards a reception average. I mean, he was just a glorified screen guy. Mm-hmm. So the offense is much better this year. Mike Daniel's a good coach, um, but what are your thoughts on him? Uh, he's a, he's such a nerd. He had a nerdy. weird intro on the plane he's when he nerdy. was calling everyone. Yeah, nerdy guy, no doubt. Um, but he's kind of got some weird levels of swag to him. I I was trying to think of actually the other day. I was trying to think of the Frontier High School equivalent of Mike McDaniel. Like who <laughs> from Frontier <laughs> would and and the name and and I know you'll appreciate this. The name that sort of kept coming back to me was Tyler Thomas. Just you know. Not really that cool, but cool enough. And now he actually Tyler Thomas is pretty cool now. He's a rapper. Did you know that? He does a lot of things. He he he's pretty good. He does a lot of things. He's pretty good. Yeah, low life podcast, yeah. shout out. He's doing a lot. He's pretty good. Yeah. I was like, you know, I came across it on like Facebook or something. He's pretty damn good. Yep. He won an award. Frontier alum, baby. Yeah, Frontier Alum. We're doing after things. It. We're doing things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not heroin this time. No, right? It's success. Where we are, we're shooting success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or, yeah, the uh, Main, mainlining success. Do you remember your graduating class's motto? I don't think we had one. Oh, which is like, don't go we, to jail. Yeah, we definitely didn't either then. Yes, we did. It was sarcasm. Our class motto was horrendous. Life's a garden. Life's dig a garden. It. Dig it. I don't remember. From Joe Dirt. Nice. 
I mean, solid reference, though. It is, yeah. I mean, and now Mollies are back. So Mollies are so back. Mollies are so. Mollies are <laughs> as in as they've ever been. I, don't I just, like it though. No, the, no, no. Me either. So like uh, Cam Smith can rock it, yeah. but like other than that, what are you doing? But it that's leaning into your ugly, and I, like oh, I respect it. You 100%. know, like if you're ugly. Don't have a standard haircut. Don't like try to get the fade and grow a beard. Like right. mustache mullet. Just be <laughs> ugly and embrace it. Like I, good for you. I, th- I said. Yeah. I just drove back from Connecticut and saw a dude cutting the grass with a push mower on a commercial strip plaza lot, and he's like by the main road and cut he's off got shirt, jeans. cut off shirt, jorts, yes. mully with a yes. mustache. Listen, not a care in the world. Awful I, lines. I don't want to say that that was as predictable as it's ever been, but like you know, when you start a conversation with saw a guy in a commercial lot off the ninety, uh, mowing the lawn. I listen. I, I don't want to say that fit a description, but it fit a description. It did, definitely did. Yeah, it is what it is. It's fine. So since round one, mm-hmm. what um, what has kind of occurred within your community work? Because for some odd reason, there's other human beings that say, you know, who would do really well here? Nate Geary of WGR five fifty. So can you go over that? Because you were also in the uh, that like marathon golf yes. endeavor. And so- I'm really looking forward to doing that again next year. So I'll go over that one first. That's shorter. So Live Like Luca Foundation, uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, Bodge, his name is his son, uh, Luca, passed away a few years ago from the flu. Mm-hmm. Young kid, um, full mm-hmm. of life, love sports, love golf, uh, passed away. And uh, his dad created this foundation, Live Like Luca where they raise money for local sports fields. So inner city, you know, they want to build a new baseball diamond. Boom, they're going to do it. Um, Great foundation to be a part of. We raised over $100,000 at Wanaka Country Club. We did, it's called 100 holes. So some people did all 100 and they walked 100 holes from from sunup to sundown. I did a relay team. I was the last leg of the relay. I did 18 and that was a haul. I don't really walk a lot, but literally starting October 1st, I'm starting a workout regimen where I'll be walking two to three miles a day and then ramping up little by little by little by little because overall it's about 36 miles in one day walking. Um, So I'm going to do all 100 next year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, That'll be fun. We raised a lot of money last year. I kind of came on late, but I'm kind of turning my – once this fundraiser that I'm doing now, which is Real Men Wear Pink, and I did it last year, raised about $10,000 my first year. Uh, I think I came in second or third place um, locally and then – um, we actually go against chapters across the entire country. It's the American Cancer Society. It's a big, giant organization, one of the largest cancer um, organizations and 401Cs uh, in the country, or 501C3s in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great cause. And they approached me last year. Sal Capaccio at my station also does it. Um, during the bill season, during October, you'll see him in pink on the sidelines. It's the same, the same organization that works with the NFL mm-hmm. for a crucial catch and, you know, wear pink month, right? We did it in high school. I mean, we wore yep. pink like crazy during October. Um so they approached me. I was like, absolutely had a blast doing it last year. But I was like, I'm coming in hard this year. Ryan Stang. You know Ryan Stang? It's a very familiar name, isn't it? It is. He's a Hamburg guy, owns Stang Insurance. He's a couple years older than us. I want to say he went to Frontier. He's like, a couple years older than us. 07, 08? Yeah. Maybe even like 06. Yeah, I like, know the name. Yeah, and he, he's got brothers I, too. So yeah. Stang, it's, it's a popular name. He raised like $35,000 last year. Good for him. He crushes it. He's constantly the... I think we came nationally. We raised over a million dollars with our chapter. Jeez. Um, we... 
I think nationally came in like sixth or seventh place. Albany wins every year. Albany, but L.A., New York City, Albany, you know, Miami. I mean, every major city pretty much has a giant chapter. Um, this year I decided, all right, like I'm going for 50K. I'm trying to raise $50,000 this month or this upcoming month in October. I need help. Like I need people to help me. Um, so I started reaching out to people and I just had this idea, like I want to brew a beer. I want a beer. Mm-hmm. I love beer. I love Kolsch. So reached out to my buddy, Mike Schatzel, friend of the family. Uh, he owns Thin Man and Schatzel Group Restaurant. So Coulter Bay, uh, Coles, um, you know, ABV on Allen. Like, you know, he's got a lot of great restaurants and he's a big beer guy. So reached out. He's like, say less. Let's meet. Let's do this. Let's talk. Thin Man, I mean, literally just took it. I mean, they, <clears throat> they took it. They said, like, let us handle this. We're going to pay for the production. We're going to pay for the 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 label and design work. We're going to use our facility, Thin Man. So my event, my release party, the beer is yet to be released, but it will be released Friday, September 30th, mm-hmm. a 7 p.m. release party. And then I have a giant raffle that goes along with it. The raffle is absurd. Um, I, I can say this now because he says it, he's he said it publicly. Uh, Howard Simon, my, at my station, yeah. his cousin, first cousin is Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Oh, oh sweet. first no cousin. Kidding. And then you look at him, you're like, ah. Oh, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, I see the bald. Like yeah. you just you see the bald. Um, and <laughs> I, last year, I love Howard. Me too. I mean, Papa Howard. Um, <laughs> he, I, I, he's like, hey, do you want a raffle item? This was last year. I'm like, yes, would love one. And it never showed up. And he's like, I, I'm really sorry. I texted my cousin. He never told me it was Jason Alexander. He's like, I texted my cousin. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed that it never came. To him. I'm like, no worries, man. Like if it comes, I'll use it next year. It's no big deal. So it's like November. Last year, and I get this, like, you know, FedEx package in the mail, like a, like a little, like, a document package. Like, Jason Alexander, Los Angeles. Who the fuck is Jason Alexander? Like, did, is this, this guy sent to the right place? Yeah. Is I this smallpox? I hope, oh, right. <laughs> is it, right. Um, I open it up, and it's this orange, like, thick pamphlet of paper. And it's on its back, and I turn it around, and on the front, it's signed, Serenity Now. And it says at the bottom, 12-20-1990, or 1991, I think it was. So this is before I was born. So I mean, a table read original script for the sick. Bet episode, which is like, if you know Seinfeld people, they'll all point to the Bet as being like one of the very first episodes that shot the show into mainstream, uh, sure. one of the funnier episodes, uh, and the, I think season one. So it's a full original table read in absolute mint condition. I mean, just superb mint condition uh, that he personally sent me. So uh, it was super cool. Um, How do you not keep that for yourself? You're like, all right, nothing came in. I don't know what happened. I started doing research lately uh, because I'm going to raffle it off. I'm not going to auction. I'm going to raffle it. $25 a raffle ticket. Um, These things, the season or the series finale signed by the entire cast auctioned for over $50,000. Damn. So this is a great opportunity to spend a couple hundred bucks and potentially walk away with like an item that is potentially priceless. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Just like a super cool, especially if you're a Seinfeld um, guy or gal. And I'm opening my raffle the week of. So next Monday, the 26th, I'm going to open my raffle. That means if you're out of state, out of country, um, Anything that you get, you got to pay for shipping. Sorry. Um, but we've got a kegerator from Consumers Beverage that they offered us. Um, the Bills donated a Micah Hyde signed jersey with a certificate of authentic, um, authentic, uh, authenticity. A crucial catch signed ball by Sean McDermott. Uh, I've got all these local dinner experiences. I mean, like five course tasting menus with wine pairings. I mean, like 
three three fifty you know dollar values that are going to be one dollar raffle tickets. Um, I got two signed um, Alton Brown books, and Alton just uh, came out with his Good Eats Four, his final chapter, mm-hmm. and he um, he's you know New York Times bestseller and and you know friend of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sent me a couple of signed books. So I've got a lot of really cool stuff. Plus some, you know, for golfers, I got some good foursomes at some local private clubs here locally. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of great stuff. It's going to be an unbelievable event. The beer is amazing. It's uh, The beer is called Kolsch vs. Cancer. Kind of the play on the coaches vs. Cancer. Um, it's a guava-infused Kolsch. Yeah. Um, which is kind of perfect for the season, like that. That and it's going to be pink colored, you know, obviously for for the uh, for the October and, and real men wear pink. So I'm really excited. The beer's amazing. Um, Kolsch is my favorite style um, of beer, and Thin Man cranks out some of this area's highest quality beers. So yeah. I'm, and again, I, I I really it's I can't thank those guys, you know, Cam and Yvonne over there, and and Rose, who's the general manager at Thin Man, who is like staffing this thing for me. Uh, Macy's Place Pizza, they're providing all the food um, for free. So it's open to the public. You can walk in, bring some cash with you. It doesn't cost you. And there's no cover to get in. You can bid on and, and raffle on, on whatever you want to get in, on, in in the raffle. Buy some beer. It'll be there to go. And then if you want to just buy the beer, on the beer will be an actual QR code that you can directly uh, donate to my uh, to my fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be available at all consumers' beverages across uh, Western New York. So you can get it retail. Um, and if you're looking and you're out of state and you want to, you know, just shoot me a DM on Twitter at Naked Sports. I'm happy to send you. Uh, send you a four pack. That's sick. How much did you make, or how much did they make? Do you know? A lot. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we got Wegmans to pick it up too. Uh, wow. And uh, you know they're regionalized uh, Wegmans. So. Um, and I gotta really hand it to consumers. Consumers got right behind it immediately. It was like we consumers tried to buy us out of all of it. They were like, "We want it all. Send us every every yeah. can you have. We want to sell it." Um, I mean, that's just unbelievable, right. you know. Like, and you yeah, know, I do the owners in West Seneca, Jimmy. Yeah, Cavanaugh. He lives in West Seneca. Great guy. Great guy. We it, we we've golfed together at Wanaka Country Club. Guys, a, guys, an super, absolute gem. Super down to earth. Guys, a gem. Guys, a gem. I I tell it to this face. He's a shitty golfer. He's my cousin's neighbor. <laughs> Fun fact. No. Fun just, fact for this uh, this round. I, I two. did. I beat his ass at the at the Ganson this this year, which is a member member guest invite at Wanaka. Uh, I smoked that fool. What do you shoot? Uh, that day I shot a seventy four. Oh damn! Um, but normally that's like my career high best. I mean, I just was I was on one. I, it was kind of like me during the Lancaster game, except nobody dropped my passes. <laughs> <laughs> we can, if on. you want to talk about it, you can Moving talk about on. it. But just remember, <laughs> one of my closest friends who did help protect you as much as possible mm-hmm. on the right side, um, David had his or lung, D- Josh Tengu or David. No, David, David had his lung collapse on a block. Uh, it was a crack block that was not called because do the, you remember the corner never called it. I think it was. Do you remember JV year Jake Benson? Yeah, in Jamestown. Jamestown. The concussion on the punt return. He caught a punt return. He's running down the running down the thing like 15 yard line. Gets ear hole, just insanely. I mean, as pretty of an ear hole. Looking back, I mean, mm-hmm. disgusting, but a pr- very pretty hit. Unbelievably illegal. Now his earpiece that was clipped into his helmet went from the 15 yard line into the middle of the end zone. <laughs> oh my god! He got up. No, no trainers came over. He got up, took his helmet off, ran to the side, went over the fence, and just oh immediately God. vomited. And everyone was like, that was sick. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Like, and then our trainer was like, 
no, it's no, not. No, this is not cool. Yeah, he's literally concussed. He is concussed, yeah. and like we need to take him to the hospital. He was out for like two weeks. Yeah, he was. Looking not back, well. he probably should have been out longer. Yeah, than that. but yeah, <laughs> I've never seen an earpiece detach from a hit and then fly twenty yards, and it was unbelievable. That is crazy. How like more strict everyone is with injuries now. Yeah, like you, you people, even generally, it's just a level of care that people have now. You know, which is wild that that never happens. Kids. Yeah. But even in the NFL, I right. mean, everything I mean, now is just like you touch this person wrong, you're get out because well, this could look be at Kelly an and I, you know, uh, look at it. Our, our pre-developed brains were just beaten into submission. And here we are hosting podcasts. Right. We can't do anything else. True. <laughs> True. Correct. <laughs> Very correct. Yeah. And then I twitch every once in a while. And then right. Derek's like, you're still not OK. No, yeah. no. And you're like, oh, turn the heat off. Actually, the air conditioning's on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. The so. Relating to injuries, mm-hmm. le- round one, mm-hmm. you went over your insane concussion battle. Yeah. In round two, what is something else that we can talk about with your insane injuries and or life process that you've been uh, dealing with and overcome? Sure. Um, so, I mean, good transition because we were talking about, you know, the real men wear pink. And part of the reason I'm doing this cancer fundraiser uh, is I overcame a a, a, a a pretty short bout with cancer myself uh, back in 2015. So um, to try to, you know, encapsulate a, a pretty long story, I'll, I'll make it as short as possible. Uh, but it's really kind of a remarkable story and hopefully one that will like if some dude out there is listening and is like, mm, you know, I've been worried about getting checked out, like just a hey, just go get checked out. Like, here's the thing about men is we're incredibly proud and we're also like weird about things like we don't like we will die before we go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there'll be a growth on our chest and be like, eh, it'll probably go away. You know, like, no, like you should go get shit checked out. Um, I fall under this category, um, but I also fall under this category and then. Part of this is admitting that I wasn't okay, going and seeking help and not getting it. Um, so that's part of this. But, you know, so back in 2015, you know, whatever, I'm 24, 23 years old. So a young guy, right? Um, started getting this, like, really, like, almost like appendicitis pain in my gut. And, like, it lasted a couple of weeks, and I wasn't feeling great. And to kind of culminate this whole thing is I decided I'm finally going to the doctor. Just going to go to my, you know, my, my standard, um, you know, whatever they call that. What do yeah. they call it? Your, 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 like your, your general physician. Your, your, yeah. your, right. Your general physician. Right. So I go in at the time, my general physician was, you know, two feet and nine fingers out the door <laughs> on retirement. He was just like, yeah, I'll give me an Advil. Or, you know. <laughs> um, so I went in, I'm like, listen, doc, like I got this pain. I'm like, man, he's like, my right nut fucking hurts, dude. Like it just, it hurts. So the reason what prompted me to go in is my right nuts hurt and I got this pain. I'm like, all right, I'm 23. I probably got an STD. You know, I got to go. I'm going to go get a test. So go get a test. Negative. And I'm like, well, that's not good. I'm like, well, all right. I would. I was almost hoping to, to see a positive <laughs> test. And I'm like, OK, well, at least I know it's, you know, I go get a, you know, antibiotic and I'm right. good in a week. Yeah, a little cream. Right, yeah, a little cream. It'll rub that out. Um <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I better go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Yeah, you're all, you're fine. You know, you're probably just having blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, doc. I mean, no, it doesn't feel great. Well, here's the antibiotic. All right, sure. Take the antibiotic. Couple of days later, I'm out at uh, O'Neill's with a couple of buddies. Having a couple of drinks, have some wings. It's like eight, nine o'clock, Saturday night. Like, fellas, that's it for me. I'm sweating. You can see I just like wasn't 
I wasn't I wasn't chill. I was white, pale, sweating. Go home. At this time, I'm living with Brian Kamadowski. So I'm in Hamburg. Go back. I'm laying down. I basically slept from eight o- 9 o'clock Saturday until 4 a.m. in the morning Monday. So in bed all day Sunday. Didn't really move. Watching movies. Playing Xbox. Whatever. Um, wake up around 4 a.m. Monday morning. And I woke up and I was completely drenched with sweat. I mean, like I just jumped in a pool and then jumped in my bed. I'm like, whoo, I'm like, something ain't right. Like, no one's supposed to sweat like that. Mm -hmm. And the pain was absurd. I'm like, calling my dad. Dad, we got to go to the emergency room. I think think my appendix is about to burst. He's like, all right, well, let's, you know, maybe we don't go to the emergency room. Let's go to, like, immediate care. Let's go to me. Oh, sure. So he picks me up. We go to a media care in Orchard Park, closed, not open till 9 a.m. Thank God. Because if I went there, who knows? I would just get mm-hmm. pushed down the line again. So we end up going to Mercy, South Buffalo. Nick Kryzak, beautiful mother, Maureen. She, every concussion that I've woken up from, there she is. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting in the bed. I, you know, every, every injury I've ever had, I go to Mercy, and she's like, everybody get out. Get three doctors in here. Let's diagnose this now. Uh, Because she's just a gem like that. Um, So I go in, get testing done, all this shit. Doctor comes back. Your appendix fine, man. Like you're 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 fine. You must maybe it's a gastro whatever. I'm like I don't know, man. Like I can shit fine. I'm good. Um, So what they tell me is go talk to your urologist. And I'm like my urologist. I'm 23. Right. I don't have a urologist. All right. Well, yeah, we'll set you up with one. Call them and set up an appointment. So I'm leaving the hospital. Call the urologist, Western urologist. Say, hey, you know, uh, just left the hospital. They told me to set an appointment with you. Well, we'll get your work back, your test results, and we'll tell you when we need to see you. And I was like, okay, sure. Jeez. So I'm, I get home immediately. Doctor calls me. Doctor says, Nate, uh, you know, I just saw your your work at the hospital. I'm a physician over at Western York Urology, but I'm a surgeon here at Mercy. I want to see you tomorrow morning. I was like, okay. Um, Heart's racing at this right. point. Right. Well, well, I mean, I'm just like, okay, sure. Like, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Great. I'd, I'd love to get a resolution on this. So, sit in the weight room with my old man, DeBank, Dan Geary. We. <laughs> DeBank. I walk in, sit down, you know, that whole nine, do my weight and, you know, temperature, all that shit. And I sit down. Doctor comes in. Hey, Nay, you know, Dr. Seawrider, pleasure to meet you. Um, so what's been bothering you? I'm like, well, you know, I've got some pain, blah, blah, blah. You have cancer. It's like, Jesus. I'm sorry. It's like, no, it's like, I just like, I got some like kind of pain. He's like, no, he's like, you've got testicular cancer. And I'm like, "Uh, what do you mean? I like, I went to the doctor, like had him do, you know, he touched my funnies. I coughed. He said I was good. Uh, and he was like, all the doctors that were at, that were at mercy aren't urologists. They were looking at the wrong things on your test results, on your mm-hmm. MRI and your, uh, what's the thing? They put the gel and they rub on your shit. Yeah, the, I got one. It's a sonogram. Sonogram. I got, I got one done too. Sonogram. On They're like, they just didn't know what they were looking at. Yeah. I do this for a living. <laughs> I looked at your test results for one minute and it was incredibly obvious. He's like, so we just got to book you for surgery in two weeks. I'm like. Surgery? What? I'm just like, that's a lot, man. Like, you're just throwing a lot of stuff at me. Um, and he's like, yeah, initial results. He's like, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to Disney world next week with my family. I want to do the surgery. We can wait two weeks. That should be, we should be no problem. We'll have our surgeon reach out to you and set up everything up. I'm like, 
okay. Boss man, Disney World or like me? What, what do you want here? I, I was like, okay, well, he's going to Disney World. It must not be that bad, right? So so not to cut you off, yeah. but Derek's a hypochondriac. So you telling this story is now giving oh, no. him the sweats. No, so no, now no he's just like, I already texted my doctor. I'm good. Yeah. Good. If, you, if you had a doctor tell you I'm going to Disney, then I'll do the surgery, you're like, you're going to cancel the trip immediately. No, I, I'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. Because, like he said, if it must if, mean that it must mean that things aren't that bad. When right. in reality, they probably are. But that's what I tricked my mind is. You and Autumn Leaf would be on the phone all oh, week. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, listen, okay. th- this is where the story gets you know more interesting. So I get home, or I, how about this? I walk out the door. Dad's <laughs> like, "What's up?" I'm like, "I got cancer." He's like, "It's like what the? F- what do you mean?" I'm like, "He's like, are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I got, I've got cancer. That's what they're saying. That's what the doctors are saying." Uh, so like, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. Um, get home. Wait, so you can't because I know Debank. Yeah. So like, I'm sure he was the most perfect, wonderful human being and father in that moment because his son just told him right. I have testicular cancer. Well, and if you know my sister, she's got 65 different health issues. Yes. Uh, basically uninsurable at this point <laughs> in her life. She's got like 15 different disorders: <laughs> diabetes, celiac. You know, long COVID. What doesn't she have? You right, know? all the things. <laughs> yeah, right. So was he good in that moment? Yeah, you know, I, I think he was probably as probably more shocked by the news than I was of like originally getting it. But you know, I think he was also like, all right, well, like I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna try to like freak out. I'm gonna try to stay calm and you know whatever. And you know. Geary's classic, you know, great communicators, not awkward at all. Uh, very good cri- in the moment of crisis. You want a Geary around because they're really going to talk you out of your your death corner. By the way, I'm kidding. We're the worst. We're awkward people. We can't communicate well. You could be like, "Hey, we're getting divorced." You'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> good yeah. for you." When is that? So high five. Or- did, did you sign it with with two T's? Did you put Do you put your number afterwards? Like, what's that like? Um, so I get home, immediately I'm going to call my boss. I'm like, listen, I'm going to be out of work. I've got testicular cancer, and I'm going to get surgery. So I'm on the, I'm on the phone with my, my boss. Oh, man, it's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I get a call. Answer the call. It's Dr. Seerider. Nate, uh, I, we need to book your surgery for Friday. Um, it's Tuesday. It's Valentine's Day. It's Tuesday, Valentine's Day. It says, can't wait. We got to book you Tuesday. Your whatever, like you know, the blood work came back. Your numbers are through the roof. I we can't like in good faith. I can't have you wait two weeks for me to get back. He's like, I got my mentor guy that taught me everything I know. He's gonna fly in do the surgery for you. Damn! I'm like wow, that seems like a lot. Is everything good? He's like, yeah, you know, it's just like I I wouldn't want to wait around and let this thing spread. Because testicular cancer, if you remember, and if you've ever watched the documentary, I had the exact same germ-type cancer, different stage. Um, Lance Armstrong had stage three. I had stage two. Stage three means it has spread to essentially every part of your body. Mm. And because of the blood flow in the area, you are it's pumping back to your heart. It's pumping to your extremities. And it's incredibly close to lymph nodes. So he's like... We don't, we're not going to know until we yeah. remove it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I get in on Friday, prep for surgery. They're like, you want a prosthetic? I'm like, oh, we're removing the whole thing. Like, you guys aren't just, like, cutting out the cancer. You're, you're X-naying my nut. I'm like, yeah. I was like, wow. I mean, just more information being thrown at me, at, you know, at every turn. Minutes before. Right. Um, <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're going to remove it. Do you want a prosthetic? I'm like, hell yeah. 
like that's cool, you know, like they'll, they'll call me bionic nut or something. Um, <laughs> they'll call me. <laughs> wake up a couple hours later out of surgery, and you know, I end up a couple weeks later going to my follow ups, and that's really where I started like my Roswell follow up. I didn't even at this point, I didn't even meet my oncologist until post surgery. So they removed it. Luckily, like three days after they removed it, all of my markers pretty much normalized, meaning it didn't spread. I don't have cancer in my body anymore, which was, you know, a giant relief. So I get to Roswell, meet my oncologist, is a renowned uh, oncologist for breast cancer, testicular, and like a couple of other specific kinds of cancer. And he's like, okay, here's our two choices. We can go chemo or chemo and radiation. And chemo... 90% chance the cancer never comes back. Chemo radiation, 97% chance it never comes back. And I'm like, well, f- this just keeps getting better and better. So I, my dad, you know, asking, well, is there another choice? Can we monitor it? Can he come in and, like, you know, you guys? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, how come you didn't give me that option? Yeah, right. Like, why do we have to go right to the pumping me with poison option and killing everything in the hopes that it doesn't come back? And I asked him, like, what what are the chances if I don't, do anything else, nothing invasive, that my cancer comes back. He says, well, it's 75% chance it won't come back. I'm like, so we're doing all this for 20%? I'm like, fuck that. I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing chemo and radiation. I'm like, no way. So I opted against it, and I had to go every three months for two years, every six months for another two years, every year. And now I'm I'm past the four-year mark, which means if I don't get it, if I if you don't get it in that Four, if you don't relapse in the first four years, then it's a really good chance it never comes back. Plus, there are very rare that testicular cancer comes back in like the other one. Right. Um, so I just, it was a crazy, it was one of the fastest, like from finding out on Monday that something is wrong to finding out it was cancer Tuesday to having my testicle removed on Friday to then being told the following week that there's no more cancer in my body was like the, I mean, just an absolute whirlwind of emotions of just like nine days. Um, so or whatever, yeah, 12 days or something. It wasn't even two full weeks um, that this happened in. And um, yeah, Jesus. here I am. I'm all the better for it. I'm in a position to, with a platform to raise money for awareness and tell other dudes not to be, you know, ashamed or embarrassed because, you, you just you're better safe than sorry. And it doesn't have to be some, you know, it doesn't have to be HPV from when you're a kid. It doesn't have it just can be something that randomly happens to you. And there's no rhyme or reason why. And you're better off catching it. If And how about this? Ten percent of men that get testicular cancer experience pain as a symptom. So most men don't have any physical pain symptoms meaning sometimes there's swelling, discomfort, but not enough to say, like, for me, it was the pain that brought me in because it felt like my appendix were in my body ready to burst. Like, that's how bad it hurt. Damn. So do we know in general what causes it? No. Listen, you know, like, my they didn't really tell me. Um, They didn't really know. I... I mean, dude, since middle school, we've nutsacked each other so many times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's from that. I, I, I think part of me, I mean, from the time I was, when did we graduate high school? 18? 2010. Yeah, 18, we were 18 years, years old. old. From 16 to 22, 
I probably six, seven, eight x-rays, five, six MRIs, three CAT scans. That's a lot of radiation that right. I'm exposing my body to. Um, this is me hypothesizing. I don't know because I was never told what like the actual cause of it was. But that is more testing than a lot of people go through and, and more than they would suggest is the healthy amount of gamma rays to be exposed sure. to. So I like I, I kind of like back in my mind because I didn't have HPV. Like I checked, like I went through the whole screening process. It was nothing like sexually transmitted disease related. It was freak of nature. And like Lance Armstrong, one of the healthiest, most insane athletes in the world. Now, here's the crazy part. You should watch the documentary. It's unbelievable. He should have died while he was doping doping he was taking blood that was that had more you know, oxygen in it yes yeah and he was pumping it through the rest of his body yeah so he was essentially but it was his blood wasn't it es- yes but he's essentially escalating the spread sure. by removing the blood of your body doping putting it back into your body and now you have more oxygen therefore you have more like foreign substances in your blood sure. therefore your white blood cells are mm-hmm. starting to attack and that's you know like if, for those that don't like really understand cancer it's your body misinforming itself on what to, they're attacking healthy blood cells yeah because cancer is a uh it's it's essentially it's autoimmune yeah well right but by definition it's an uncontrollable growth of cells yes so i yeah i mean dude there is yeah crazy and there's so many like, to your point, there's so many concussions in your past. I mean, it's just... Who knows, yeah. right? Yeah. And bo- broken bones. I, I had, like, three x-rays in a, in a matter of, like, six weeks in college when I broke my ankle, you know? there's <laughs> here's, here's a crazy story that you literally were not awake for. There was a play against Hamburg. Yeah, I would have been dead. And you got sacked, and the outside linebacker that I picked up on the uh, the block, it was supposed to be... A, it, was a, it was the one out Ten of... Ten Vic backside. Yeah, Fash was, tells me about it all the time. Yeah, they, it was supposed to be a pass. They have a rule now in place where the backside player always has to has to down block because it's the it's the Nate Geary play. He dude, I'm literally blocking the outside linebacker and I I got my hands on the inside and I'm holding him and I have him off the ground because I'm starting to drive him back. He was a smaller kid. This is like one out of every 75 plays in my entire career because normally I'm getting destroyed on the on the far side. And he I got you. He stops. He looks at me and he's like, your quarterback is down. And I'm like, funny, I'm not going to let up on this play. And he's like, no, bro, like literally he's not he moving. And I'm literally holding him and I'm like, wait, are, are you serious? And I'm holding him still. He's like, yeah, like I'm not, like, he's like, dude, look. And he literally just stopped. And I turn around and Nate's just on the floor and I just look. And then I look at him and he goes, he got hit backside hard. And I'm like. Okay, we we I mean we lost that game, which drove me insane. Because yeah. that's when they started the game by doing that like center terrible, field nonsense. Terrible weather. It yeah. was the worst weather. It was yeah. late October, forty degrees. It rained all day. The field was a mess. It was bad. Like that was such a bad play. It was it was two banger. So what happened is I got wrapped up, and as I was being wrapped up and brought back, like just get slammed on the ground. Somebody came in with a shoulder, hit the side of my helmet. And then as as I'm going back, I, I can't brace for the fall, and my head just oh, smacks yeah. the back of my head against, so just out cold. I woke up, which is a, a joke amongst our friends, but our, our, our trainer was named Tim at the time. 
So all my friends are like, Tim, Tim. You know, that's, that was me when I woke up. But woke up, they're unscrewing my face mask. And I remember parts of it. You know, I remember the face mask getting unscrewed. But the wor- one thing I remember is being strapped to the board, getting, you know, brought to the ambulance. And I'm in the ambulance, completely immobilized, feeling claustrophobic as hell, soaking wet and muddy in my equipment, helmet on with no face mask. And I'm like, I'm going to puke. Like, guys, I got to throw up. So I'm in the in the ambulance, and they tip me, and I'm immobilized, and I'm just, ah, you know, like, just vomiting. And it was just – and then here's the best part. Here's something I remember. My dad's in the ambulance with me. They're like, which way are we going to take? Because they took me to Buff Gen. No, they took me to ECMC. And at the time, they had the Skyway completely – it was all, like, the little bumps because they were redoing the pavement. So they're like, we'll take the Skyway. And I just remember being a thing – like this and, and my dad's like what the fuck is this he's like he's gonna throw up again he's got a concussion and we're going over 100 speed bumps you know dangers you know irrational at this point um, you know the yeah, most Nagiri ride what, what a night yeah, yeah what a night that was can't be smooth no so they literally they legitimately changed the blocking scheme mm. because of that play yeah man yeah so do you look at shit like happened last night and be like do you oh, want to throw up again? Hell. Scary as hell. Because, I mean, that's somewhat similar to what you went through. It's just scary. like being immobilized. I've been carried off in a stretcher. It's the. It's just not. It is just a, a moment of helplessness. <clears throat> and, like, feeling strapped down, can't move. They don't want you to move. you got to be immobilized because if you have a neck injury, that's what they're always worried about. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's why you have a precaution. You take Dean Jackson. You take Micah High to the hospital because you're worried that there's, you know, a Kevin Everett situation right out. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. They moved him. The Tennessee Titans player rolled yeah, him at the was, end of that yeah, play. That stupid. Yeah, I, and listen, but they I mean, didn't know. What's they didn't going know. On, yeah. You know, and the thing is, yeah. is, luckily and right away, you see him like slamming the ground, and he was in pain, and like that movement was crucial. Crucial because in that moment, if he's you know motionless, jeez, you know, I mean, that could have just been talk about a damper on uh, what ended up being a, a very amazing night there. Um, at Highmark, like that just would have, you know, put a real damper on the game and, you know, like the season. Yeah. Well, that was a weird game to begin with. I mean, yeah. the opening kickoff, some dude went down. Yep. So, yeah, right. ACL. Because we have turf. That has to play grass surface in the new stadium. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. It's going to like roll and stuff, grass. right? I hate grass. Yeah. Yeah. But, dude, from an injury standpoint, yeah. It's, yeah. I know it's more maintenance. Yeah. It's more maintenance, but, you know, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, it rains quite a bit here in Western New York. <laughs> well, yeah, you look at the Philly game last night, and you're like, their field looks terrible. How about that Chicago game? We oh, had, my God, right? yeah. Chicago-San yeah. Fran. That wh- was, you can't even see the lines anymore. They, they were doing, like, they were sliding on their chest after the game. That was, yeah, I, that would be my only concern. And, like, last year, every home game was rainy last year. I yeah. mean, we got blessed. I mean, the, the rain came early in the day. That was beautiful September weather at the end of that game last night. And it's officially across the street. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Rip. That field sucks, anyways. <laughs> That's where it's going, where their field is. Yeah. What are they going to do? Are they going to move their field? Like, do they still play football at ECC? They do, yeah. and a bunch of dudes go there to increase their GPA, and then they go to Auburn after two seasons. So funny story, Buff State. Dave Natura. Yes. Of, speaking of Dave, um, <coughs> our freshman year, our JV team played Alfred State's JV team. They had two Division One SEC players: one that went to Alabama, one that went to South Carolina. And, you know, they stuck me with the backup offensive line. And in that game, the quarter, the other quarterback and I were splitting every two series because it's JV and freshman year. It was like the first JV game of the year. Second series, he tries to put his head down to, you know, get a couple extra yards. Goes off. He broke his neck putting his head down in that game. And I had to play the rest of the game. We didn't know he broke his neck at the time. But I played the rest of the game. 
And I, I think I have a, there, there's a picture on my Facebook of me taking the hit that ended up the, the kid that ended up going to Bama. I mean, fully just lifting me like in the picture. It's like mid lift, and you can tell he's right about to just absolutely take me to lunch. Yeah. Let say I will say this about myself. Triple option taught me how to take a hit. Yes, it did. Triple option taught me how to take a hit. Uh, I remember after my first game, Will North, Coach Sheffield was my quarterback's coach. After that game, and it's funny, Will North, what my college roommate and the guy that I played football with at Buff State, he was on that Will North team. And he mm-hmm. told me the they had this defensive end who was, you know, been on the spectrum and he was kind of crazy. And his whole goal in that game, you hit the quarterback every single time, doesn't matter if he has the ball, you hit him. Um, that game, I basically was hit on every single play, and Schuster's just running. For, we we blew them out, dude. We blew them out. Gordon Gronkowski's youngest, yes, Glenn, Glenn, who I played s- at K State. Yeah, we crushed him on a kickoff. Yeah, because I, I they did not I, have a, they did not no. stand a chance. We smoked that team. Smoked. They him. were very good the next year. They were, and then very good the and then year. Glenn ended up going to Kent State. Yep, uh, Kansas State. Kansas. Thank you. Kansas and then State, he, yeah. dude, this college meal plan. Woo! Bro, it's this, called steroids. This kid, this kid was literally like <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, like 180 pounds Played in high fullback school. Fullback at full, like 6'4", 180 pounds, soaking wet. Yeah, we obliterated him on special teams, and then he goes to college, and then he he goes to the league. 6'4", 260. Damn. Then he goes to the NFL. Yeah, I'm like, in the NFL what, for two years. What is going on? He's a Gronk. Whatever. He's a Gronkowski. That's right. They eat, they eat steroids. Yeah. Well, it's good for you. It's fine. The, Rob Gronkowski ended up going to that uh, the Thurman Thomas camp that we ended up enjoying. That's right. Yes. And by the way, I did not tell you this. I went to Mike Shope's. Uh, he had this like uh, fantasy draft for charity, and they were the charity they were benefiting was Thurman's. Okay. So I'm talking to Thurman. I'm like Thurman. I'm like you remember your uh, your old because that if you remember that year was his first one he ever did Thurman Thomas yeah. football academy. Oh yeah, he's like I yeah, it's like I was the first year. He goes. He goes, you and Mike Kelly. He rem- Thurman Thomas remembers oh, Mike cool. Kelly from 2008. He hated me. because, But loved you at the same time. Yeah, there was a lot of ferocity in that camp. Yeah, yeah. I was. Mike was like teeing off on people <laughs> in, a, in a padless <laughs> high school player development camp. Correct. In an indoor arena. Sounds about right. And at Mike Salem. is just absolutely cleaning guys' clocks. That was my only pick six on you. You well, thought yeah, I mean, you thought that you could get the ball over my head, and that was the only time in my life I could jump. That one play, he could catch my interceptions, but God, God, God forbid I throw him a, a, a lollipop <laughs> with nobody in front of him and then eighty yards of open space in front of him. I did, I did catch one of your passes. You did. at Buff State's uh, yes, scrimmage. Yes, camp. against Chad Kelly. Yes, and I who was the quarterback that I obliterated? Where here's his it ear pit. It was Chad it was Kelly. Chad. I hit Chad Kelly he so hard. Chad Kelly. I hit Chad Kelly so hard in that uh, scrimmage. His ear pad left his helmet. The concussion that might have unscrewed a couple of screws upstairs, which maybe. So if you think about it, through yeah. osmosis, Mike Kelly's probably most You're at fault the for the downfall yeah. of Chad Kelly. And I, Where is he now? Is he, he's gone? He's he's out of the league, I yeah. believe. Yeah, I think he's in real estate or something. And then oh, really? Who was the kid that went to UB that ended up going to, I th- who was it, the Colts? He was another quarterback from UB. That we played at that camp? No, no, no. Just in general. There was another kid from UB Lakata. that... Yeah, you're Lakata. right. He went to Cincinnati. Not in the league anymore? Uh, he was undrafted. He was like... He did a couple training camps then. He was... Now uh-huh. he's coach at UB? 
Yeah. No, he's back at Will South. He's coaching. He's head coach at Will South. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Cool. So what's up with um, Dorsey? What are your thoughts on Ken Dorsey? Dude, I love this offense. A stud. He is a stud. Guy's a stud. I, I was saying this yesterday. He is bringing a, just a uniqueness to an offense that he has changed really no principles of the mm-hmm. offense. What right. he's done is changed the staging, right? So he is, I mean, yesterday on the Reggie Gilliam touchdown, first touchdown of the game, it's 22 personnel. They're passing out of 22, two, two, two running backs, two tight ends. They never did that last year. They ran 11 almost exclusively. You know, one tight end, one running back. They had two tight ends on the on the active game day roster last year. They didn't really start playing Reggie Gilliam until late in the season last year. So they're throwing out of traditional run looks. They're or they're throwing out of traditional run looks. They're running out of traditional pass looks. They're every play. They're bringing. They got even when Gabe Davis is healthy. They're bringing in Jay Kumro. They're bringing in Jamison Crowder. They're bringing in James Cook. They're like they're just. They've got pieces. And they're bringing him in. They're disguising things pre to post snap. And, yeah, he he took something that's great, and he's evolving it into something that's much less predictable. He's right. evolved it into something that's really hard to defend. And, listen, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You got Josh Allen. He's been, he was on that headset for four years listening to Brian Dable call plays. I was never concerned about Ken Dorsey. There were people, you know, would this – no no NFL team has ever won a Super Bowl with a first-time play caller at offensive coordinator. So the odds are against them, right? Odds are against them, but I'm not sure you've ever come across a situation like this mm-hmm. where you've no. got a guy that's been in the system, understands it, um, was the quarterback's coach, helped in that development of this player, and knows him more intimately than anybody else that you're bringing in off the street would have known. Don't you have a relationship with him somehow? Ken? Yeah. We played some golf together. He was a member at... At the time, Briarwood, it's now Cloverbank Country Club. Yep. I had the second tee timeout every single morning. Him, um, it was Dorsey. They had the first tee timeout every morning. 5.55 every morning. I had the 6.03 tee time every morning. It was... Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I want to say Chad O'Shea, but that's not right. It was, he went to the, the other, the quarterback's coach that played with him went to New York with Dable. And then Chad Hall. Um, they all played in the morning a bunch during the summer. And then, you know, they would fizzle off the closer it got to football season. So, you know, in passing, we knew each other just because we would, you know, I'd be bombing 300 yard drives into their, uh, they're like, yo, chill, chill out, young gun. <laughs> no, that would never happen. What are your thoughts on uh, James Cook in the whole running back room? Because I'm looking at him, and it's kind of underwhelming, but it's only a two-game sample size, so you can't really make too much out of it. I think that run yesterday towards the end of the game was important. Needed to get a little confidence. It's tough as a running back in a pass-first offense. They threw 21 consecutive Mm -hmm. times yesterday. Yeah, This team passes the win. I want to see more Devin Singletary, personally. Yeah, Um, I want to see him come off the field way less. I know that they don't like to feature backs. Zach Moss doesn't do it for me. He He just doesn't do it for me. Uh, he just doesn't have the juice. Um, and he's supposed to be that bruiser, but he gets tackled easily, too. Yeah. So it's he not, and he doesn't fall down. Like, yeah, and he fumbles. He doesn't fall forward. Like, Singletary, yeah. guarantee he's making the first guy miss regardless. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. The aggravation, Even, though, with him is that sometimes, like, midseason, he stops trying, it seems like. Like, he's not has that much passion. They've done everything they they've can't they've could they could possibly do to rip the RB1 roll away from him, and he just always... Yeah finds ways to keep it and like I want to see him with the ball in his hand like I want to see him I don't I want to see less Moss and I want to see them now that there's a little confidence rolling with James Cook after the you know fumble on his first touch get him involved I want to see him involved in the pass game I don't want to see Zach Moss ever have six catches in a game again like he did in the opener right just nah he had six catches for 12 yards. Even even in tra- not to cut you off, Derek. I'm sorry. Even in training camp, you can tell that the footwork with Cook was ridiculous. Yeah. Even when last night they split him out mm-hmm. and he just got into his stance, I'm like, you could tell his footwork is just ridiculous. He's even a guy that stance. looks like a receiver. Yes. And then with Devin Singletary in training camp, he came on and he ran like three plays, mm-hmm. and it was such a difference between him and oh, Zach yeah. Moss. It was it was obvious. Different juice levels. Yes, man. and then I seen levels. him, and I'm like, I can't get over how big he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His legs are ungodly large Huge. for him, like his frame. Huge. Huge. I'm like, just feed him. He'll be okay. Yeah. Feed him. They'll, like, you know, I, I think the, the thing you question with, with um, Cook is just his size mm-hmm. at the position. He's less than 200 pounds. Yeah. That's 200 bills. And his, you know, his calves and his legs are a little they're they're small but yeah he's not a good compliment to Singletary like Moss on paper should have been a better compliment to Singletary yeah, you know though like they also have to meet very similar skill sets mm-hmm. the thing the thing I actually like about a Singletary uh, Singletary cook you know like rotation oh, yeah. is speed and finesse you know like I, Cook's not a big finesse guy he doesn't make you miss in a phone booth like that is Singletary, but he's also not going to run away from anybody. That's what Cook can do. Mm-hmm. If you could just combine the skill sets of Cook and Singletary, you'd have, you'd have a, le- you'd have something legit back there. Yeah. But you know that doesn't, it's not reality. Do you play fantasy football at all? Oh my God, he lives for it. Silly question. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Silly question. Well, this kid doesn't, which bothers me so much. Really? 
he is so against gambling because somehow the state's going to get money back. It's no, like, it's no, this not. is a background backyard league. It doesn't work like that. I've got two separate betting platforms. <laughs> I'm on Caesar Sportsbook, um, so I'll spend money on some prop bets, on some game totals, so on and so forth. Then I use Underdog, which is probably turning into one of my favorite apps. It's just basically like rival bets. You can say like Josh Allen versus Tannehill, who's going to have more mm. this, and who's, and then you got Pickums, where it's just basically like prop bets. So you know. The prop bet for Devin Singletary was over under 46 and a half rushing yards. I hammered the over on like five different parlays and lost them all because it had 19 freaking yards. Right. Um, and then I've got six dynasty leagues, two redraft leagues, and Damn. I've got approximately six other best ball leagues, which is essentially like I can draft them and then not check it because they just whoever has the best scores that week mm-hmm. gets totaled in. So I don't have to mess with my lineups. And tell them the longest tenured league there is some there is some conjecture about the tenure i know i'm right this was going our junior year of high school so it's Dude, this is obnoxious 16 years mm. 15 years 16 years the same people same people all of us hate each other <laughs> just the contempt for each other is unbelievable like i labor day monday and oh i didn't even tell you the story so we lost who did we lose this year uh, Colucci? Which Colucci? No, Louis Wagner. We lost Louis Wagner. Okay. Um, because Matt Colucci was in our league, and then Louis Wagner took over him for him, and Louis just was an absentee uh, owner. So we decided to replace him with Zach Kummer. And Zach Kummer's not a fantasy football guy, admittedly. He said he wasn't. Um, he comes over for the draft on Monday. We're all giving Kummer shit, as we, you know, as is tradition. Um, he drafts just an abomination of a team. <laughs> like, like reaching for guys. And every pick that, that Zach gets up, you know, he's just picking a guy that he could have picked five rounds later. Sure. Um, kind of play ADP, bro. He picked <laughs> four straight running backs. So his team basically is just running backs, which is <laughs> bold move, but absolutely right. hilarious. So I play him in week one. I boat race him. I beat him by like 100 points. And what does this dude do, right? He sends a text message to Garrett Courtright in our league, yeah. copies the text message, and sends it to all eight other owners that aren't me. Hey, guys, my team is for sale. <laughs> if whoever you want, take my best player so you guys can beat Nate because my team is loaded. So I tanked last year. I had five picks in the top 25. My team is freaking stacked. Two weeks in a row, I scored the most points in the league. I smoked Wayne. Smoked him this week. Um, Comer... All of a sudden, in our group text is when we send trades. So Garrett sends the little red light thing. Incoming, breaking news, trade. And I was like, oh, here we go. Jake Sakura. you're kidding me, Zach. No, you didn't. I'm like, what's happening? This is Tuesday, or this is Monday morning after Sunday of week one. He trades Austin Eckler, who he picked with like the third, fourth overall pick in round one to Garrett for a fourth round pick. We're like, Zach. You just traded your first-round pick from one week ago for a fourth-round pick. We It's the first time in league history we vetoed the trade. We're like, how are you going to come in this league and immediately make all of us regret <laughs> inviting you to this league? You know, and, like, the text messages are absurd. You know, if you know Jake Sakura, he is such a cynic. We got to give we got to give context. So there's in this group, you have a broadcaster, you have a damn near professional baseball player, yep. pitcher, then you have a lawyer. Yep. Then you have an engineer. Yep. And th- these human beings growing up through school were just, 
I don't even. How do you explain it? Dumpster fires. Absolute dumpster fires. But then also very squared away. Clearly, I dude. Clearly, it, Derek, you need to meet these human beings. You just need to. I disagree, but you know, <laughs> you could live your whole life and not know them, and you'd be better for it. It is fun it. having a league though that long. Oh, like my amazing. longest is twelve years. It and is. It's been majority of the same people. And these are all high school friends. These are all guys that we were like, you know, middle pissing, school, pissing in yeah. their sun, piss, pissing in Ben Rose sun pump, you know, yes. um, <laughs> playing uh, half cup vodka pong with Christy Mertz, you know, like that's all happening in the basement oh, yeah. at Ben's house. And here we are, like all the same people that were doing that in his basement. It's just funny because like I've got a lot of other leagues, super competitive, love playing. This draft, it's a redraft with a one keeper. So it's you get to draft your team over every year, and I love that. It's the only league I have like this. I absolutely look forward to that draft. It is my favorite day of the year. Do you do because, it in person, too, you oh, said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody came over. I smoked a bunch <clears throat> of meats, drank a bunch of beer, uh, and make fun of each other. It's just it's and everyone is just so mean. That's why I'm surprised so you awesome. don't do it because right. it's just the camaraderie. Listen, of it. we'll we will let you take Cummer's spot if you want. Not midseason, but next year he's out if you want in. How does so a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Fantasy gives me anxiety, first and foremost. It gives you a reason to watch other games. Right. I know that, but then it also like ruins football yeah, because sure. then you're worried about your and lineup about and stats. Imagine having six dynasty leagues where Everyone's one guy you have in one league and another league you're facing him. So the contradiction is tough. Or yeah. last week I was facing a guy who had Josh Allen and I'm like, obviously Bill's winning is number one, but like, I don't want Josh Allen to do much. Like give Devin Singletary the ball more because right. you don't want him to score more points. So you lose. It, it does get tough, but dude, and that's what I don't the want camaraderie win. of having a fantasy football league and just dishing out insults the entire year is the best thing in the entire world. What? The loser of that specifically, that what year. happens? So uh, I tanked last year, got a bunch of picks, and I do this every other year. Win a, win a league, win the league, come in last place the next year. Win the league, come in last place. It's a cycle for me. So what we agree is the loser has to provide all the beer and you know has to host the, the draft the next year. I love that. I love hosting. Mm-hmm. Like I love cooking. Like I love throwing shit on the smoker, feeding everybody. Like I made smoked chicken, smoked uh, lemon pepper, smoked lemon pepper chicken sandwiches. Money. I mean, just absolutely money and some pretty damn good ribs, if I can say so myself. Um, just it's yeah. I mean, it's it's very fun. It's incredibly fun. Mm. Do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Do it. Do it. Do so, it. how do you do, like? Is it hard for you being an analyst and not over analyzing, like taking Bills players absolutely uh, over their ADP? So I have a league that I'm the commissioner in, and it's all Bills media, and I got guys in there that are like you know, like literally draft experts. So you kind of feel like is this guy taking me? Is he taking advantage of me because he knows way more? But here's the funny thing: Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports draft analyst. He's in our league because he's a Buffalo guy. His team's the worst team in the league because he constantly drafts the guys he's like in love with during the draft process. Then they get drafted by a shitty team and then they're terrible. But he's got all these like young, he'll trade all of his good players for like second, third round picks in the next year in the rookie draft. And he's like, you know, licking his lips. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take Aaron, you know, Aaron Jones for two seconds, a third and a fourth. Next. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Loser. Those I rookie drafts are tough for dynasty leagues. Yeah. They, so they are very tough. It's I, um, I, I prepare a lot. I put a lot of time in like I. It's I, I enjoy doing it. It's it's a make believe football team that I manage. 
Thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Please tell me you hate him. It was a random question, but um, because there's fantasy implications as well with him. However, just overall thoughts. I don't know. Who's who is like this? I'm trying to. Did you see that video of him the other day? His, His hype up video. Hype up. Hey guys, look, let's go. Let's play with some swag. Let's play with some swag, fellas. See you on the field. See you at the beach later. Um, yeah, I mean, as uninspiring as it gets, but um, he's interesting to me. I he came into the league as like the can't miss next Andrew Luck. Had the worst season of any rookie quarterback in my opinion last year. Also had Urban Meyer, Correct. who is just. By the way, I don't know if you watch any college football. He I'm was a huge Clemson fan. So at college game day last week at Nebraska, uh, Fox New uh, Fox Sports, which he's part of the broadcast, which is by the way very weird because that's Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, and Brady Quinn, which is like maybe the biggest Brady Quinn fan of all time. <laughs> Matt Liner uh, <laughs> and USC, like. Oh, Correct. The Bush push will live in infamy forever for me. Um, the Nebraska fans are, we want Urban. We want Urban. I'm like, have you people watched Anything? any football? <laughs> Christ. Like, you don't want Urban Meyer. I digress. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of Lawrence. I Like, I think he's probably going to be much better this year. I mean, through he's looked a lot better. He looked great last week. I don't know, though. Like, I don't. He is a guy that came into the league so polished. There's not like a ton of room to grow. Where like you have a guy like Josh Allen, and these are unicorns, but a guy like Josh Allen who is is unrefined and unpolished as it gets, but has all of the tools, mm-hmm. right? Jamarcus Russell, same thing, all the tools. The thing that I think you're finding in the NFL now is there is far more emphasis on what's happening up here. It's hard to evaluate. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know if the guy is going to be Jamarcus Russell or if he's going to be Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's Josh Allen, not because I firmly believe this. He's not Josh Allen because of Stephon Diggs. He's not Josh Allen because of Brian Dable. He's not Josh Allen because of the Bills. I mean, I shouldn't say that. He came to a great situation. And the team supported him, gave him the tools he needed to succeed 100%. That matters. You can't teach desire. You can't teach. There are the 1% of athletes, the Brady's, you know, the I, I sorry for a lack of a better reference, but like the Mark McGuire's and Barry Bonds, they took steroids. But the Michael Jordans, these Kobe, Kobe Bryant's, the point one, the LeBron James, the point one percent of athletes that are built in, within their DNA like that guy's going to be the greatest at what he does and he won't sleep until he is. That's hard to to uncover in interviews, right? Like you want to believe that you you're going to that guy is going to stick out to you like a sore thumb. Sometimes they don't. Um Josh Allen impressed people. The thing I kept hearing during the draft process draft process was that dude gets to the grease board and he is as impressive between the ears understanding of coverages in football at this level. And yeah, he's not polished and yeah, he's got a 58% completion percentage and yeah, he you know crumbled in big big games against big programs. But he's not – Tanner Gentry is on the practice squad and, and was his number one receiver at Wyoming, you know? Like, and no one else is getting drafted out of that program. So, you know, I, I, I think about it this way. 
he got to a great situation, but you can't teach, you can't develop the intangible of wanting to be great. And Josh mm-hmm. Allen has that. I don't know. It, it feels like I don't know Trevor Lawrence enough to say that like he does or doesn't have that trait. Um, he was great at Clemson. I don't. I, but it feels like this is probably who he is. And if this is who he is, he'll be a top fifteen quarterback for this entire career. Is he going to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. Um, Unless he changes franchises. I don't think that'll ever happen, though. I think he's locked into Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Well, they spent a stupid amount of money on Christian I, Kirk, I which is their number one wide I receiver. I hate Jacksonville. And they shouldn't have drafted ETN. James Robinson is a more than capable running back. They, they should right. have they should have used a different draft capital on getting them a number one wide receiver. Can we agree, though, that we're happy they did because we probably are taking ETN. Th- that's very true. A hundred percent. I love Greg Rousseau. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Love. That. Yeah. I mean, he is developed. Just a freak of nature. And the, mm. the the sack he had yesterday lining up at three tech I and know. pushing yeah, an NFL guard, not a tackle, a guard, and sacked him through him. I mean, <laughs> him, him and Phillips just switched positions. Just that was nuts. That Randomly. Phillips, that Phillips sack where he Leslie literally Frazier. switched, that was nuts. Sexy. Oh, yeah. Sexy. Very good. Sexy. That's wild that he hasn't gotten a head coaching. Well, job. it's interesting listening he, to Sale talk about it because he's like, I – there's no reason other than age of why he's not a head coach. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's probably right. I mean, I mean, is the only there. thing with Ken him, Dorsey will be here a year or two. The only Come thing on. with him, you have to realize, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this whole league is going offensive minded. Yeah, they don't really want to draft or bring in a defensive minded head coach because look at the league. You can't do that. But there's outside of McDermott. Flows, yeah. Right. Like, sure. You know, you'll have one year where you get a lot. Of, and you last year, you know, I get Matt Eberflus, the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator for the Colts gets the Bears job. Um, Sean McDermott, right. Defensive coach. The thing with McDermott is McDermott surrounded themselves with surrounded himself with really good coaches, mm-hmm. really good coordinators and Dable, obviously. But year one, they had um, what's his name? the offensive coordinator. Oh, God. For the Bills, McDermott's first year? Yeah, the Tyrod year, 2016. No idea. 2017. Sleepy Joe would have it. Or Sneaky Joe. I I know. I'll I'll, I'll be in my car on the ride home, and I'll be like, that's it! Yep. Um, Yeah, I I envision his face, which is even worse. Yeah, look it up. This is what I do during my podcast. So my my (laughs) Friday night podcast, Food for Thought, uh, me and my co-host Bruce would be like, oh, what's that? I'd be like, like, are you Googling live on air again? Yeah. Got it. You know, yeah. I like to, I, I like to be right because you got to figure it out. I like to be right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 20- Greg Roman. No, after Greg Roman. <clears throat> I got Brian Dable, Greg Roman, Ken Dorsey, Alex Van Pelt, Kevin Gilbride, Nathaniel Hackett. Hold on. Jim Ringo. <laughs> Phones are out. Bills offensive coordinator. They fired him after Rick one year. Dennison. Rick Dennison. Rick Dennison. Rick <laughs> Dennison. I'll say that in my dreams tonight. <laughs> Dennison! <laughs> Fuck. I knew that, too. We, we do look scary, though, this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they The first quarter, we have to polish the first quarter. Both games weren't very good first quarter, first, second quarter. But, man, we Two made some good... Better. Yeah, we made some good adjustments at halftime. That is the key. That is the, that is the, the litmus test of a good coordinator. Yeah. You can... this So far... The first two drives, two touchdowns mm-hmm. start the start the season. I like to judge the coach less about the first ten plays because those are scripted. You're going into the week right. saying, "This is what we're expecting, based on what they, what the film we've watched." Here's the ten plays we're going to come out with. Go down the field, score. 
It's how you adjust the rest of the game, how you come out of halftime. That was one of the biggest complaints with me with Dable is sometimes it just didn't appear like they were moving off of the script. Right. Correct. They just, and then it would take till the fourth quarter. They'd go three and out three straight times to start the third quarter, and you're like, where's the adjustment? Like, where's it coming? And then eventually what happened, Dorsey's not wasting any time. He comes out, they look like a new team in the right. second half. And that, that I think, has been the biggest like litmus test for how good he could be or is right now. You really think he's only here for a year or two? Yeah. He's got a lot of he, – he is widely regarded. He's respected across the league. He's paid his dues, right? He's been a quarterback's coach in this league for a long time, uh, dating back to his time in Carolina, then the first four years here at Josh Allen. He's a huge reason why Josh Allen is, is Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. They win a Super Bowl this year or next, he'll be fast-tracked. Again, just like he said, Derek said, what do, what do teams want? Offensive coaches. I also – here's the thing. Be, also, don't – don't underestimate the pedigree of being a former player, and especially being a former player as decorated as Ken Dorsey is. True. The If the Bills win a Super Bowl within three years, mm-hmm. I don't think any Bills fan is going to care what coordinator changes occur no, because no. the city is going to be burned down to the ground anyways. Yeah. It's a fact. <laughs> I, I, saw this, I saw this tweet yesterday. It's like um, they are... What was the tweet? Oh, uh, the, the, currently the country does not have the infrastructure to, to uh, maintain a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. <laughs> and, I mean, that is a fact. Is I would true. love a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. That I, and it's early. I mean, that looks like that could be what it is. That would be a fun Super Bowl for me, man. I like the Eagles a lot. So what is our – yeah, Jalen Hurts looks crazy. Awesome. I mean, he he has that Josh Allen characteristic he where you have no idea. He's very unpredictable. Every single year yeah. since his senior year of high school. And we were just talking earlier today. You get rid of A.J. Brown, which is the worst decision Tennessee Titans could have ever made. And you provide Philly's Jalen Hurts yep. with that. And now he's got – easy. He's got A.J. Brown. And on the other side, he's got the uh, yeah, Devontae Smith. Smith, yeah. And Dale's Goder. Yeah. What do you what do you realistically think our Super Bowl window is? So we paid Knox, mm-hmm. we like kind of like gave Poyer a bonus. Yeah. And w- what do you think? Are we re-signing Gabe Davis? What's our what's our Super Bowl window here? So Gabe Davis has got another year in his rookie deal. So that's probably if if it happens, it would be, it would be next year. Here's the thing, right? So they just in good faith did this thing. They they converted and created some more incentives, another million and a half in incentives for Poyer. He's probably going to hit those incentives based on this first two games. Mm-hmm. The Poyer decision's gonna be gotta be the toughest decision that this franchise has ever faced. Um, because do you pay a safety that's in his early 30s? He certainly looks like he's entering his prime, not in the twilight. So maybe they they pay Poyer, but there's only so much money. Here's the great part: the TV deals, especially the Amazon deal, influx of cash, the leak, the salary cap's gonna keep jumping up. Mm-hmm. So that helps the bills in this cause. Here's the other thing that helps the bills. Josh Allen being locked up in a deal right now, they know the number they're working off of. And on top of that, already it looks like a bargain and hasn't even kicked in yet. It's still in his fifth-year option. Right. So his contract hasn't even kicked in yet, and Kyler Murray's already making more money than he is. Lamar's going to make, you know, whatever. Deshaun Watson's making more money than he is. Um, Russell Wilson's making more money than he is. Derek Carr's making more money than he is. And there's Mahomes, there's Allen, the two best quarterbacks in the league saying – yeah, we could have gotten those deals, but we took hometown discounts because we want to win football games, and we're good with two hundred million dollars because we're going to win a couple of Super Bowls. Damn, and, I didn't get two twenty. Think about this: Lamar's going to get crazy money. Rogers, Herbert's going to get crazy. Rogers making more. Herbert's going to get crazy money. 
Burrow. Burrow's going to get crazy money. So in At a year hurts. from now, we'll, we'll see. Hurts. If you, a year you start, from now, yeah. we have some Allen's contract is going to be. It's a bargain right now, but it's going to look like you know Walmart bargain bin mm-hmm. type of deal within a year or two. Burrows may or may not get money because I don't know if he's going to be around he may after not. taking he may like not 15 sacks in two weeks. <laughs> like there's got to be That's some. That's the give. biggest concern is you bring in that entire new offensive line and they do worse than yeah. last year. That is shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel Wild. bad for Joe. Yeah. I do. A lot of it, I was watching Baldy breakdowns. Uh, Baldy was talking about Brian Baldinger, who, by the way, have you ever seen Baldy? Baldy's finger on TV? So Brian Baldinger played offensive line in the league for a long time. Oh, no, no. Oh, it kicks left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it just sits just like this. a couple times. It sits like this. Yeah, it's a lineman. His hand yeah. Up. yeah, it just broke like 500 times. <laughs> um, but was saying, like, they are better. The miscommunications, the lack of being able to communicate down the line with it's not like they drafted a bunch of guys. Alex Kappa is a good NFL center. Yeah, Lael Le- Le- Collins is a good tackle. Jonah Williams is in his third or fourth year. Good player. Like, they're just leaving for... They left Micah, Micah Parsons a free hit on their quarterback on a four-man rush. Yeah. That's kind of like what? It's just miscommunications. Alan, the second year when we completely redid our offensive line, that's when we brought in Feliciano and, like, the entire line. That year was rough, like, the first four games for us. So Aaron Cromer might be one of the bigger... 100%. Bigger pickups the Bills have had. And And underrated, 100%. offensive line coach. John Feliciano went to the Giants, correct? Yeah. He's their starting center now. Bro, he got smoked this past week. He's not good. No, I'd say it to his face, and well. and you can like it's <laughs> just he would murder you, can, you. Yeah. yeah, but you can visibly see it. Yeah, you guys remember yeah. the show Pros versus Joes? Yes, on they Spike need to bring TV. That back because <laughs> shit talkers like me probably deserve to get you know. I'll be your Joe. <laughs> Throw to me. There's no helmet, so I have yeah right. Girls. Yeah right. No, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, give Let's me a couple. Let's get Ned gloves. Kelly back out there. Let's get Ned Kelly back out there. Ned Kelly. Unbelievable. So I, I asked Mike this last week, and I would love to hear your um, thoughts on this. What is your realistic expectation this year of we have to reach this or else we fail? Is it Super Bowl? Because everyone's yeah. making it Super Bowl. It yeah. is. Yeah, like I said, I mean, they're they're in this window. They've got some guys that get to some decisions down the line. This feels like it has to be the year because regardless of who they end up resigning, this is probably the last year this defense has Edmonds, Poyer, Hyde, as its core group. Plus, Oliver's going to be up for contract yeah. next year. Are you good letting Edmonds go? I've got a contrarian opinion about Edmonds. I think Edmonds is great. Um, yesterday showed it. Uh, every single, the greatest linebackers can't function when they've got NFL offensive linemen getting to the second level unencumbered, right? And for the last couple of years, their interior defensive line, I mean, Star Latule was one of the worst signings they've had. I mean, he just was a bum. I mean, he just did nothing for them. Um, they've got two guys in Jordan Phillips and Oliver, too, but Daquan Jones, guy that just gets un- is going to end up being an unsung hero of this defense, signed a one-year deal wherever he signed. They have two double-team candidates in the middle. That means you are not – those guards, NFL guards, aren't getting – and you see yesterday, both linebackers balled. Mm-hmm. Why? They're free and clear to get downhill untouched. And that is such a big difference. It doesn't matter how good – Ray Lewis, great linebacker. All of them maybe the best of all time. You will struggle. What did he have in front of him? Some of the best interior defensive – Tony Saragusa. I mean, the guy took up three blockers, right? Yeah, he was gigundous. Those guards can't get to the second level. That means they get an extra second to diagnose the play, get downhill, or bail under their zones. And yesterday you saw Edmonds 
flying downhill. 1.9 yards a carry for Derrick Henry. It, to me, it's no coincidence that they've revamped the interior part of their defensive line. Now these these linebackers get to get to roam. They get to get downhill. They're not they're not getting consumed by guards who are getting to the second level and creating creases in the defense. So I just I'm a I like Edmonds more than the common fan does. I there is very equally as many criticisms of him that are very well warranted. What he does, very few players at his position in the league. He just needs to shoot gaps. He's better. a unicorn. Yeah, he needs to he stop needs over to, pursuing. He struggles shedding blocks. Yes, yeah. he does. So, how do you unlock Tremaine Edmonds? Have good interior defensive line play. In front yeah, that's of him. true. And they're unlocking him. I mean, he's going to have a Pro Bowl level year this year. He's also very widely respected, like in league circles. You heard Robert Sala last year, one of one. He's Erlacher. He's one of one. Well, you even hear the press conferences of Von Miller talking about. Yeah, him. I mean, like there's there's a level. There's of, a disconnect between what the fans think and what actual people think. Yeah, which is which is weird for me to hear because I wasn't like a huge Ed, or um, yeah. Edmonds fan. I'm not. But even that press conference, hearing Von Miller genuinely talk about how talented he is, yeah. is like all right. I I do see the attraction to that because he's a freak of an athlete. He just needs to diagnose better. Everyone keeps saying he's young, but he's been in the league for so long. He should be able to do this stuff. That but he's still an interception athlete. where he gets the original tip and then high tips it again. That's the play we should see more of. A hundred percent. Because he's got that length yeah, that 100%. not a lot of guys in his position have. No, he's got the wingspan of like bald eagles. Yeah. It's like, dude, use <laughs> Multiple. it. Yeah, Multiple use it for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and Milano is his perfect yin to the yang. I was oh, right before you parked. Yang to the yang. Right before you parked, I, we literally had like a six minute discussion yeah. about how I would let so Milano have my kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inseminate your wife. Yes, yeah. Milano. Yeah. Walk. You know he's, he's actually quite small. He is quite yeah, small. Yeah. I met him at uh, my cousin Vintage in the city, and I was like. <laughs> What's up, bro? Just sizing him up. His biceps are massive, though. He's here's, a big dude. Here's the thing. Again, at training camp, I watched him cover Gabe Davis on an out through the flat. He was at his position yeah. and then broke out and covered it. Foot for foot. How is he so fast? I'm like, bro. So I texted How did Derek. How he get so overlooked is what I would right, know. Yeah. Me too. I, I texted Derek and I was like, hey, man, like I've done that before and I've got dusted. And that's yeah. when you realize. Like, that's oh. why his nickname in high school outside of Ned Kelly was Dusty Mike. <laughs> Listen, satellite. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Dusty Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. You're right. You're definitely. It was a right. nickname, Mike. So I had a lot of nicknames in high school, but Mike might have taken the cake for the most nicknames. He had like a nickname amongst teachers. He had a nickname in, in on the football team. <laughs> had a nickname amongst the the cool kids, the losers. Everybody had a nickname for Ned. I was a dumpster fire. Do you Absolutely. play flag football or anything like that right no. now? No. Why don't you ever? Because I golf. Yeah, true. And Are you a member at Wanaka? Uh, no, I'm a member at Lancaster. Um, I'm a member at Springville. You got to come to oh, me. I'll come to you. Hell yes. Let's do this. Yep. I've never been to Springville. I've heard amazing things about it. It's so beautiful. It's such a nice course. Unbelievable. Yeah. He sent me photos. It's nice. That's it's all beautiful. I can say. I, right, well, you're not a golfer. My, cl- my clubs are too short. I, oh my God, no, they're not. <laughs> the thing with me in golf is I take it so seriously. And it's I don't have many things I can cling to and say, like, I'm still an athlete. I'm not. Not an athlete. Um I The last thing I want to do at, at flag football is tear an ACL, right. break an ankle, and then miss out on golf season. Not that's what me. that's what my cousin did. We played flag football for a charity event at Hilbert, the mm-hmm. college we went to. He ran a route. He twisted to run like an out, tore his ACL, was out, and he doesn't do anything now except for disc golf because he just can't do it. And my – so, like, I've had – so, Sal Capaccio plays on a team, and guess who his quarterback is? Mike Chuckla. Uh, don't say his name. And, and listen, I, I, I like Mike. 
he's he was my he was he was my backup, you know, and that just you know, all growing up. He was just he was my backup. He <laughs> went to Franny's. He went to Franny's, I went to Frontier. I all I wanted to do as a kid was go to St. Francis to play football. All my all my little league buddies, they all went to Franny's. And I got to lowly had to deal with this kid. I had to go to Frontier and deal with Ned Kelly um, instead of going to play for a premier program. And here I am talking about it instead of playing it. I'd still be playing. I'd be in the league, the indoor league. Um, Different college for sure. Yeah, diff- maybe. But, um, you know, like he, they, they do well, too. Like him and um, Steve Walzak, they all play on that team. Really? And they were like, do you want to come on the team? And I'm like, yeah, but. I ain't, I'm, I'm throwing like, right. I ain't going to go run routes. I'm useless to you. If I'm running routes, useless, I'm not a smoker, but I need a smoke break. <laughs> you know, like I, you don't want me around unless I'm, unless I'm throwing, throwing the football. Right. I got nothing. And frankly, I haven't thrown a football like in a situation where I'm leading, you know, and throwing with anticipation. And since the Hamburg Hornets days. Yeah. Semi pro, baby. Semi pro. Go Hornet Nation! Talk about it. <laughs> did, I, did I convince you to try to come play with that team? You tried. It didn't work out. I convinced a couple of people. In a little while, I had a solid little team put together, and then everybody bailed. But I, I put together a. a the whole a thing dissolved. Team. Well, yeah. They ended up playing multiple years uh, after I decided not to play, but um, <laughs> I, I put together a squad. I was. I was yeah, Tony McCosey. Tony McCosey. I had Matt Rieger. Yep. Um, Travis Sipis. I had some. I had some people, uh, but everybody bailed. Everybody bailed. How's UB looking? No, not good. <laughs> no. What, they what the happened? They lost the Holy Cross School of the Blind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're I'm just going, kidding. We're going to Boston this weekend, and I'm like Thursday night. We're going to go to a bar and watch. West Seneca West versus St. Mary's School for the Blind. Yeah. The Browns versus the Steelers. And it's just going to be a disaster. It's Dumps bad, apart. It's bad. <laughs> um, the primetime slate this week is... Very bad. It's bad. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's funny, too, because, like, when I was, like, you know, maybe not willing to give up the game, and then I gave up the game, wanted it back, gave up the game, wanted it back, and then I got into, like, talking about football and doing what I do now, and, you know... If I had a son right now, would I let him play football? Sure. Um, I'd much rather him play golf. Right. I, like, and thinking back when I was a kid, I, I just loved football so much. And that love has led me to doing what I do. So I will always say, and I think football teaches you more, teaches you principles of life than any other sport. The adversity, the facing fears, the, here's the one thing, and I think you'll appreciate this more than anybody. The thing that I picked up way too late was my end of my junior year when I was still playing safety was the not give a fuck factor, right. which is you just throw your body at shit full speed and hope for the best. And like, I was so like timid and reserved, like, Ooh, that guy's big. Like I, it's when I figured that out, the, just the not give a fuck factor, it was, so, it was a different game. Um, but that's hard to teach. You kind of have to learn it yourself. Um, I just wish that I had sort of learned it from a defensive perspective earlier because it would have unlocked some things for me. I mean, it did towards the end of my junior year. I was playing some of the best defensive back that I'd played in my life. And then senior year, you know, like they just they didn't. We had Andy Lavoulis, 
and Jimmy May as my backup quarterback. So JV quarterback and Andy, who had never really played quarterback. So it was like, Nate, if you go down, we have no chance whatsoever. So you're not playing both ways. Yeah. You know, I played both ways my whole life. Um, but it's it's the thing that not give a fuck factor is absolutely transferable to everything you do in life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just go do it yeah. and not care about the consequences. If you want to do something you love, just go do it. And it's just so many applicable things to your everyday real manhood life or, you know, galhood. And I'm like, you know, like we play with Mia Wagner and, and Lily. She's a badass. Like, and you know what? She's probably not the, the gal she is if she doesn't play football. Um, so like, yeah, I, I, there are in, in just, in, just intrinsic lessons that you learn playing football that you can't pick up in other sports. Um, so if my kid wanted to play, I would I'd probably never push my kid. But if my kid played, I'd make it miserable. Like I would say, if you're playing, I'm going to be the worst. Mm-hmm. And you are going to be – you're going to practice after practice. You're going to do the things that, like, my dad wanted me to do. And I'm going to push the shit out of you. So if you want to play – be ready for that. If not, if you don't want that, then don't play football. Mm-hmm. Play golf. Play golf. And beside my live golf and, when you're in high school. And hang out with me and play golf and get your ass kicked until you're old enough to beat me, and then that's that, you know? <laughs> yeah. What there, do you think about live golf? I hate it. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a joke. Um, thank you for asking the question. You're welcome. Uh, let, me, let me expand on that. Um, it's probably less about the political thing to me. Blood money's blood money. But so brazenly taking and creating a league around sports washing, which is, you know, using sports to try to, you know, counteract all of the terrible things the Saudi government has done to women, to gays, to everyone. Right. Um, So for me, but, you know, the PGA has Saudi backed sponsors, too. So, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, glass house. But at the same time. I, in one way, can respect an athlete for saying, this is generational wealth. I'm taking the money. See you later. And, like, one guy has said that. Right. Everyone else is, well, it's the schedule. I want to play less golf. Everyone that said they want to play less golf is currently suing the PGA to play more golf. Right. You're full of shit. You took the money. So take the money and say you're taking the money. I'll respect you for it. If someone offered me $100 million to play golf and leave the PGA... I do it in a second. I'm not a hypocrite. Right. I would do it, but I would at least be transparent in that the reason I am doing this is so that my family is set for life and it never never has to worry about paying for college, never has to worry about I will support that. I don't agree with it. I it would be a moral conflict for myself, but I would do it for the money. It's a lot of money. Um if but it was a U.S. based company a that backed it, would it be different? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a because joke. The league's me, a joke. It's fifty-four holes. They're suing the PGA to force them into the world the world golf ranking. Right. Yeah. And the world standard is seventy-two holes of golf for a tournament. They're fifty-four. Just from a competitive advantage, it's true. They don't deserve to be in the world golf rankings. Now, that's going to cost people the ability to play in majors because you have to have a certain world golf ranking if you don't have a lifetime exemption or a multi-year exemption from winning a major. Like Phil has a 10-year exemption to play in the PGA because he won the PGA two years ago. He should get to play in the PGA. That's fine. But I, I'm good with the majors saying, screw those guys. I agree that there's great golfers playing in live. Mm-hmm. Camp Smith's one of my favorite players. I hate DJ. I've never been a DJ fan, but he's a damn good golfer. Uh, screw Bryson. I mean, Bryson yeah, he's, is... He's a tool. In terms of athletes, 
is thank God he left the PGA because he just was such a and same with Brooks. Just and Pat Reed. De- there was there was the <laughs> there was that meme going around that said <laughs> Pat Reed is Nazi Germany. He is worse than Hitler. Sorry. <laughs> there was there was a meme going around that said that the PGA and Liv play each other. Loser gets Pat Reed. Like that that was the whole meme. And all those guys are just <laughs> pretending that he's cool. He sucks. Do you see he's suing Golf Channel for a billion dollars for calling him a cheater, which he is. Oh my god! Uh, he's, he's suing Golf Channel for being mean. <laughs> he's such a loser. Oh my god! Did you see? Did you see the video the other day? <laughs> they lifted the rope and it hit him in the face. Oh, oh, oh my god! And the rope hit him in the face, and he acted like he was struck by lightning. Oh, you, you are not ever this worked up unless it's about the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and I'm not even worked up because I'm. I'm hedging a little. I'm hedging. Live itself. It's 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 weird because they've done like Phil said the um like the bonuses that players are going to be getting wouldn't have happened if Live didn't exist. The game, for sure, they did push the game. It's just the whole backing of it and just like the kind of format sucks. It sucks. Their production sucks. quality is super cool. Have you ever actually I, watched it? PGA will no. PGA will take some of their production value. 100%. I've seen some highlights. Like some FPV drones of the holes. Like that's Yeah, sick. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really um, sick, dude. But the 54-hole format, the team play, <laughs> here's the thing. They're giving you that money up front. Mm-hmm. Like the other day I saw Liv. The biggest purse, the biggest earnings ever in a, in a, in a golf event was DJ a couple weeks ago when he won the event. No, it's not. He doesn't see any of that money. The money's not going to him. When he wins a tournament, he gets $5 million winning the tournament. He gets paid up front that hundred million or hundred and thirty million, whatever he signed for. That money just goes back to the Saudi back fund. Oh, really? Yeah, he oh, doesn't. He does not get that four million dollars. Hmm. That's so it's it's a farce. Wait, so how does it work? How do you? They're get paid? paying you up front, a hundred million, whatever you signed for, whatever you agreed to to go to live. Yeah, that's your money. Okay. You so don't you don't make get winning money. For, you don't make the yeah. purse. It's fake money. It's a farce. Damn. There's no reason to be competitive. There's no reason to try. You've already made your money up front. You're, you winning is like you paying them back. Interesting. It's a farce. I don't know that. That's fascinating. It's not. As a competitor, wanting to be the best. That's why there's a couple of guys the move made no sense to for me to. Joaquin Neiman is such a talented player. His flexibility is going disgusting. places. I mean, he was so close to. He won the. Um, Oh shoot! What, what do you win? The not the basically not not the players, but the other one that's at LA uh, that's at the Olympic Club um, earlier in the season. Like that guy is going places. It's going to be one of the best Chilean players ever. He goes to live. Yeah. Like I don't get it. I, the other one I don't get is Camp Smith. Yeah. You're the best player in the world. You're gonna make whatever money you're gonna go over to the, to go play live and sponsorships. You're the biggest golfer in Australia. Biggest. I mean, you're the biggest brand. You're an international commodity. Yeah. You're going to monetize yourself. There's no reason to go to that league. Now, they do have good talent. It's a talented pool. But there's no, there's zero motivation to be competitive, right. to go out and spend your offseason <clears throat> if you're Brooks Kepka. What What is your motivation to win a tournament? Right. And yeah, just bragging rights at that point. That's it. Yeah. And you can't do both, right? No. No. So if you go to live from PGA, will PGA ever take you back? Probably not. They say no. Right they now. say no. I'll be interested in a couple years when live folds, which it will. Here's my thing with live. I never, all the people that were like, it's Saudi back money. They have unlimited money. 
Sure. Do you want to know why they have unlimited money? Oil. Because they make smart investments. Do you believe that they're going to shell out $1 billion cash and just say, I'm good. I don't want it back. No. And further proof of that is if they didn't want it back, they would let the players keep the purses. Mm-hmm. It is a political stunt. It is there. It's the country's opportunity to get American golfers to say, we're cool. We're the cool guys. We're the good guys. You know, and like whatever you believe or don't believe. I mean, they murdered and dismembered an American journalist. Right. I, I mean, they got away with it. 9-11. They funded 9-11. So. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a rumors of the another top 10 is going to go over there and people are thinking like Victor Hovland, John Rahm, but those are other two players that are like, you're not going to destroy your career. You're too smart for that. And I love the guys. And listen, part of it's a little, you know, you're on your soapbox, a little of it's poetic justice, but like Rory has done more for his reputation being the spokesman for the PGA than any of those guys that went to live. Rory made himself generational wealth by being the face of why you stay with the PGA Tour. And now he's doing everything he can with, and listen, Tiger, Tiger is moving into a symbolic role. He's moving away from being an everyday player Mm -hmm. to being the face of the PGA Tour, which they desperately need. But they need, they're going to need some young players to really, Justin Thomas, they're going to need some of these young players to really, Scotty Scheffler, you know, like these yeah. guys, and John Rahm. John Rahm's got to have a big season next year. He had a disappointing year mm-hmm. this year. He did. There was a lot of expectations for John Rahm, and he just, you know, he, he, it's a tough sport, yeah. man. It's but talk about symbolism. Rory winning the FedEx Cup was just like, <clears throat> it was awesome to see. Fantastic Presents run. Cup week, baby. Yeah. Peacup. Peacup! <laughs> Can't wait. I'm excited for President's Cup, man. Well, Nate, we're at an hour and a half. Is that so, right? Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? We talked about your we better, beer that's coming out We better soon. save something for, for episode three. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We better save something. Well, we're in bill season, so whenever you want to come back yeah. and let us know because we'll we'll talk your we'll, off we'll, bills. We'll do it when the Sabres are low-key low key cup contender later in the year. I think that'll happen. That is a hot take. Delete that. What's, <laughs> delete that. What's a teaser for round three? <laughs> teaser for round three. I think we need to talk more about the influence of DeBank. He deserves his own podcast. <laughs> Not like himself. He'd be terrible on a podcast. So DeBank <laughs> is Nate's dad. I'll set that one out. I'll just edit. You two just go nuts. We could do <laughs> that. You could pour. Yeah, right, we could I'm always use bitch. a pour. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, I beg to differ. Yeah, go ahead. No, going. it's fine. If anything, I'd pour for him. <laughs> yeah. But for those that don't know, uh, Nate's dad's nickname is DeBank. So it's an old family joke, and he basically funded us through Thurman Thomas's football camp with McDonald's and uh, dessert. It was a pie. It was a brownie pie. The Burger King. It was a Burger, Burger King, King pie. Yeah, the Burger King uh, brownie. Percy, Percy brownie pie. Yes, and we crushed those. And, and also, then, or was it was it the pie or was it the McDonald's brownie melt? It was. Thank you. It was, you. McDonald's, it was brownie the McDonald's melt. brownie melt. Bring them back, McDee's. <laughs> Bring the cinnamelts and brownie melts. Yep. My God, <laughs> they were amazing. All right. Like, so, can I can I just mention yes. the amount of fast food that we consumed as children before Little League football games? Carnegie Scranton. Get there after a modified game. I'd walk all the way up to to uh, Camp Road. Go to Wendy's, and I'd eat three. Junior bacon cheeseburgers, a fry, and a frosty, and then go play a football game. <laughs> Our bodies were different back then. I, if I eat three junior bacon cheeseburgers <laughs> right now, 
The only place I'm going to is my friggin' toilet. <laughs> and then bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, I can't, like, when I golf, I need to go on an empty stomach. Because otherwise, like, I'm like, oh, God, that piece of bacon is real. Yeah, it's messing up my swing. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, moving in slow motion like a big, giant, fat, worthless piece of it. So, yeah, uh, episode three. Well, I, I got some things. I got some things back in the bank. Cool. Love it. Well, Nate, thank you, you so much for your time. Appreciate thank it. You. Check him out on his As podcast, always. all of his social media, Nate, uh, WGR550, Nate. What is it? Uh, on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Nate Geary Sports on Twitter. It's as generic as it gets. Love it. Shout out from uh, Tom Brady, though. He said, did Nate even play sports? Yeah, Tom. Well, joke's on you. You're getting forced. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unaf- uh, uh, Things are falling apart at home, yeah. Tom. How's it feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly getting divorced. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks, Nate. We'll see you next time. Right, Thank you. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.